the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Uh, We're in the studio today with a very special guest. Uh, But before we do that, I just wanted to take a moment, actually, Mm -hmm. to ask the audience to lift up um, our executive producer, Dave Niederhood. He's been um, actually in a very serious uh, accident. He's showing some very positive signs of uh, recovery. And so we're, we're really excited about that. But, you know, we, we would be remiss in not mentioning uh, that we are all praying for, for you, Dave, and we yes. love you dearly. And uh, we know that you will be pulling through this. And uh, and so, you know, I was you know, I was about to go mama on you, Dave. I was going <laughs> to get on a plane and get out there to Bali. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're, you're in our prayers. And if uh, the listening audience would just touch and agree uh, uh, that you would be fully restored and even more, mm-hmm. even the more. Um, so. Of course, I'm here in studio. We're in agreement here um, with my partner in justice, Benita Hopkins. Hello. Hello, Dave. We're pulling for you yeah. every day. Yeah. And um, and so and, and interestingly, you know, Dave, I think similar heart is out in uh, Bali ministering mm-hmm. to people that that quite frankly are living um, with much less uh, resources, um, education, just a lot of challenges that mm-hmm. in the place where he's out ministering and he has that heart that wants to go to people who are in so much need. And and we have the great pleasure of being in studio today with someone who shares that heart, uh, Roy Goble. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Yay, Roy Goble. (laughs) And um, he is, uh, boy, I'm so excited. I'm actually looking at his book right now, and I promise I will read it from end to end. It looks so interesting. And the title alone, um, Junkyard Wisdom, Resisting the Whisper of Wealth in a World of Broken Parts. Wow. I love that title. Mm -hmm. And even more so, I'm just seeing your bio here. Uh, Your father's uh, your father had junkyards in San Jose, um, moved you all to a cattle ranch in Sonol when you were 12. And you began uh, your your you were living your life here in the Bay Area, studied economics and business at Westmont College. 
and um, have ex- experienced some success, some uh, success by the world standards, but have um, become reflective about um, what success means, uh, what, you know, how resources, um, sh- you know, could and should be um, uh, shared with with others and um, just how blessed we are here in the Bay Area. And and I know that much of your work is in Belize. And so I, I, I want kind of want to jump into that. But before we do, I want to thank you for being on the show. You're very welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah. And and um, and I want to ask you. So, you know, you have this background of, uh, you know, and of course, I'm, I'm doing the dun, 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 sh- when I saw junkyards, I was like, come on, yeah. uh, you know, it just took me there. Sorry. Yeah, That's I, my experience. I, I, I honestly thought you were too young to know about that show. Uh, I want to hold my chest. And yeah. I'm coming. Sorry, I'm coming. Yeah. Um, Eloise, oh was it Eloise? What was her name? Maybell? No, no. What? We, no, Wheezy was his sister. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, well. Off track. We'll we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. But anyway, was it that kind of junkyard? Well, uh, no. 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 It was was a pretty big operation. Yeah. And uh, there were different junkyards over the years. My dad actually would really hate that I'm calling it a junkyard. Uh, And my sister and my brother um, still tease me about it a little bit. They say, how can you write a book called Junkyard Wisdom? Dad would be just mortified because he would call it a wrecking yard. Mm. Or if he really wanted to get fancy, he would say an auto dismantling center. (laughs) And and he'd like to say we're just in the steel and oil industries. Uh, Well, you know, and it's so interesting because my husband often tells this story about the poverty that he grew up in. He and his mom uh, and his uh, uh, two of his siblings, they grew up in a garage in East Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. They all lived in one garage. Hmm. And the mom um, Mother Alice, she she uh, refused to allow them to say that that was a garage, hmm. you know, because she didn't hmm. want them to grow up with that perspective. Yeah. She said, this is our home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and you know, the way that I hear my husband uh, recalling the way it was decorated, uh, you know, the only time he tries to get, you know, grungy is when he's trying to be, you know, cool. Like me, you know, trying to act like he comes from the streets. Then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I slept on the floor and, you know, my back is strong. And, and I'm like, wait, what happened to the the garage was like a beautiful home. Yeah. So he switches it up a little bit. But it's that reframing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That oftentimes shapes um, the way that uh, people feel about what they have. Oh, it's so true. And you see it. You see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, you, you can walk into a, a village in some remote part of the world and it'll have mud floors, mm-hmm. but the, mm-hmm. but the, uh, people that live there will make sure to sweep it. Exactly. You know, and they'll make sure that it's spotlessly clean to the best that can be. Yeah. And they're proud of it and right. they, they want to reframe it as this is my home. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Even mud huts, same thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw in um, in somewhere in your book. I'm actually looking for the page. It said something about how um, you know people in many parts of the world are living on two dollars a day, right? And it made mm-hmm. reference to you know how is it possible that that they are living a life and, and experience joy? Yep. Right. Right. And right. And, and 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 are walking in purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and they make $2 a day. Yep. Right. Yep. And a lot of people get the wrong impression about what rich is. Mm. You know, if you look at it from um, an American scale, we know what the 1% is. But if you look at it from a global scale, mm-hmm. um, if you want to be in the 1%, you just need to earn about $32,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And that's the global 1%. Right. Uh, and that's that's stunning when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny because I remember there was a time in my life when I was um – uh, you know, I was just coming into uh, I, 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 I've experienced privilege for many, many years. As soon as I started working in IT, it was pretty much a life of privilege. Um, but there was this this chasm that I had crossed over where I could walk in and I could purchase a Mercedes and just just buy it. And I thought, oh, you know, and I, I told this story uh, when I spoke at, at, um, at Freedom Summit a couple years ago where I just just for grins and giggles because my family is very, you know, not, not well off at all. And uh, and so I walked in to a Mercedes um, dealership and I purchased a GL 450 and I thought <laughs> I have arrived yeah. Yeah. and I will be happy now. Right. And when that bill came, <laughs> six weeks yeah. later, yeah. I wanted to jump off a bridge somewhere. But I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? Yeah. And I began to live for my car. Right. Mm. right. And I began to try to draw value and importance and uh, and and um, identity from this car, which was beautiful, by the way. Car yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. And that's that that temptation that those of us, I think particularly those of us that live in the Bay Area, which is such a wealthy area, mm-hmm. we're constantly being tempt, tempted by those uh, those symbols of wealth, mm-hmm. whether it's a bigger house, new mm-hmm. carpet, uh, a mm-hmm. nice car, a fancy meal, whatever. Um, we become tempted by that. And the book is about trying to find ways to resist that. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to give everything away, mm-hmm. but we're just not given a lot of guidance on this, um, on, on how to avoid the extremes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you, you, a lot of times we're told, especially in the church, that we are either to embrace all the wealth and go uh, accumulate it all we possibly can and call it God's blessing, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we're to give it all away and live like Mother Teresa. Mm. Yes, yes. And, and 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 there's something in between that, right. you know, God wants to move us toward. Right. Um, when we get back, so we're going to take a break, but I'd love I'd love to um, certainly talk about what you're doing in Belize, okay. um, how it cross connects to human trafficking, if at all. I'd love to talk about uh, during our time today, uh, minimalism. Mm-hmm. Um, that movement that's happening, um, what your thoughts are on that. And um, also um, uh, broken glass theory. I'd love to talk about that as well and see what you think about that. So we'll, when we come back, lots lots of discussion. And uh, thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Woo! We're in the studio today with Roy Goble of Junkyard Wisdom, author of Junkyard Wisdom. Yes! Woo! Love that! Hey, we want to give a shout out also to your wife, uh, Dion. Uh, she is uh, the love of your life, as I see in your bio. Yeah, Elizabeth! <laughs> 
There you go. Yeah. Thankfully, she's alive and well. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I see that you've dedicated the book to her. And mm-hmm. we were kind of m- mentioning that you you said here, I'm so glad I married you. <laughs> and uh, we were sharing before the break or before we started that um, the reason is, is that she's an extrovert, right? She's, right. She really she is. helps you doing all the talking when you're at these events. Yes. She definitely does most of the talking when we're at various things. Yeah. Yes. And I am uh, so thankful for that. Yeah. It's fun because um, that line, I'm so glad I married you, has been a inside joke between us for decades now. And it has to do with we would go to an event. It doesn't matter if it's a, just a dinner party with friends or church on Sunday or whatever. And I'd come home and go, I am so glad I married you. <laughs> and it became kind of a joke how uh, comfortable I am with her mm-hmm. and um, uh, how uncomfortable I can be sometimes in crowds. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, a, I'm a functioning introvert, I right. think is how they put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have a pastor at our church, uh, Richard Guest, and his wife, Selena, and he talks about that a lot where he literally, you know, he, he'll share the word or he'll um, go, he's a chaplain, he'll go and, and minister to, uh, you know, large groups of chaplains or um, law enforcement. And sometimes he needs to bring his wife with him Mm -hmm. um, just for that comfort. You know, there's a there's a comfort that she brings to him. Right. And um, that's so awesome. It's funny. uh, uh, My husband, as as much of an extrovert as he appears to be, he prefers to um, be home. He's a homebody. So I know that I I never quite understood that because I'm an extrovert all the way. But um, really, I wouldn't have gotten that at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I thought he was too. And then I realized like he really is comfortable and really sort of relaxed. That's the deal, right? right. It's not that, you know, there's a, there's actually a book called the um, quiet revolution that talks about mm-hmm. how introverts, yeah. um, uh, you know, they have a lot to say. They have a lot of insight and sadly, lots of times extroverts don't slow down long enough to hear them. Um, and, but it just really speaks to it's really about what makes you feel less stressed. Right. Right. It's not right. that you you don't. It's just that you don't draw energy from being in conversations. That's and, right. 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 Okay. Exactly. The other reason I dedicated the book to her is because the book is about our life of um, becoming wealthy at a young age. Yeah. And then trying to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was just a tremendous help um, in that process. And so she was, it, the book is about me in a lot of ways, yeah. but it's how she has shaped me in some ways too. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So we want to encourage you to call in. Um, we actually have a couple of copies of the book. And so if you'll call us at 844-249-2698, uh, the first person to call us, uh, we'll receive the book and we'll ship it on over to you. Uh, and then the first person to post on our Facebook page, uh, just uh, giving us a little shout out, uh, we will uh, send you off this book it's a, it's a great read and uh um i'm i'm excited to kind of uh pull it apart a little bit more so just thinking a little bit about uh the book and uh how i guess how familiar are you with uh minimalism well i i mean i've read about it uh-huh. um and that's about all i have done uh-huh. is read about it um but go ahead yeah, yeah. so i so I was reading that it actually um, suggests it's not a you know hard and fast, but mm-hmm. suggests that you live with less than a hundred things. Right. 
you can't own a car or a home or a television. And, uh, you know, it's really meant to strip you away of all of the, you know, privilege, if you will, uh, that we live with um, day to day. I, you know, and I could hear my husband saying, oh, no, (laughs) he ain't, you know, we're not doing that. So like you said at the before the break, there's this range, right, of like give away everything you have um, and um, live in in plenty and sort of just for what you want and what you need. And there's this thing that goes on in between. And and, and then, of course, there's the question, God, what, what would you have me do? Yeah, I. The, the idea has a lot of merit from a spiritual discipline perspective mm-hmm. that I think I'm attracted to, mm-hmm. where if maybe a certain season in my life, I said, I am just going to scale back to 100 things, or that seems like a random number, but you, you go to some uh, point where you say, I'm just going to scale way back, and I'm just going to have these things. I think that's there's a long tradition in the Christian faith of doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm... Totally in favor of that as a spiritual exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, It does seem a little extreme to me as a way of living um, because I I don't know. Can you do that and have kids? Right. Mm -hmm. Can you you do that and live in a a metropolis like the Bay Area? Mm -hmm. Um, These are just certain things that are tough. Yeah. Um, No, I agree. I mean, I I think about – I mean, certainly you could do it, but I wonder – to what degree would you would your children resent right uh, something that was meant to be a positive thing? I think it's more for me. It's more of a conversation, ongoing conversation with our children to say, do we really need that? Right. And you know, like my my daughter's into beanie boos and squishies and slime, and it's like, how many of those do you really need? Right. Um, but she, you know, if I were to say you can't have one, right? What and- would that create? And, that, and that's part of the intentionality that I think God does call us to, yeah. is to ask those questions on a regular, consistent basis, even even hour by hour, if necessary, because mm-hmm. we are bombarded constantly mm-hmm. with so many things that we can buy. So I am all in favor of constantly asking that question. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've, um, I've thought about clearing out my closet, literally just grabbing stuff and just psh, taking away. And I think that would be so freeing, but uh, gosh, it's, 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 uh, it's something that, you know, you have to have some wisdom as you're you do. thinking, you know, I mean, I need, you need business junkyard attire. Wisdom. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's junkyard talk about wisdom. junkyard wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that. Or, um, uh, let's say, let's find some new terminology and for the sake of dad, <laughs> let's, uh-huh. let's, let's say, um, replenished wisdom or reusable wisdom. Oh my goodness. So tell us about, so I'm looking at some, some stats, uh, on Belize. This mm-hmm. is as of July, 2017, 360,000, okay. uh, population of 360,000. Right. Um, uh, you know, very. Um, it looks like quite a mixed, um, very multicultural, popu- multicultural yes. um, population. English um, number number one language. Sixty two percent speak English. Fifty six Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a Creole. There's German. There's Mayan. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. you know. So that's interesting. Forty um, percent Catholic. So there's an interesting dynamic. I was actually looking for uh, uh, some of the details on age because I know that you're very focused on education. Right. Thirty four percent of the population is under the age of 
of 14 mm-hmm. and 20 percent under the age of 24. So about 50 percent of the population is in those sort of formidable educational years. Right. And you're very focused on education in Belize, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. We were um, accidental visitors to Belize, um, a long that it will take a lot longer than this radio show has. And we had an opportunity to, we were actually invited by the local communities to impact the education system. Uh, mm-hmm. We found ourselves with a research and education center down there. Um, and, and we started making friends with the neighbors and asking what, what's needed. And over and over again, they said the education system is just uh, dysfunctional and mm-hmm. we need help. So we started a sponsorship program that integrates uh, faith and learning um, mm-hmm. and helps the student through the public schools. We, th- we thought a long time about starting our own school, and we realized that's just going to become a competitive influence there. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is um, strengthen the existing schools. And um, that led to an opportunity, the sponsorship program led to an opportunity to train the teachers in Belize. So we have a teacher training program. Oh, nice. Uh, and then we bring service teams down to build classrooms, do computer courses, uh, art classes, that kind of thing. Amazing. So we have hundreds of visitors every year that come down there. It's great. Awesome. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, um, I'm looking here at 6.2% of GDP is the educational expenditure. So there's not a lot of funding that's being uh, applied, right? right, To education. So that is great that you're kind of coming alongside, right? We're very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, So. okay. I I just, so we're going to have to go to break. Um, We'll come right back. Okay. Um, The um, number to call us again is 844-249-2698. The first person to give us a call, uh, give us a little shot out there on our line. uh, will receive a copy of the book, uh, Roy Goebel's book, uh, Junkyard Wisdom. uh, And first person to jump on our page. We'll also receive a copy. So please do join us. And uh, thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with Roy Goble, who is an author of the uh, book we've been talking about, Junkyard Wisdom. Uh, he is also um, leading a ministry called Pathlight International, which we talked about in the last segment, which is coming alongside the educational system there in Belize and uh, helping uh, as as that. There's some reformation reform going on there. Um, also, also, a, a variety of other things that he's involved in. Um, one of those is uh, he is on a board uh, called the Freedom Story, which w- is actually founded by his daughter and addresses mm-hmm. the issue of child exploitation in Thailand. Right. And so tell us more about the Freedom Story. So my daughter was a student at Fuller Seminary and um, she was invited to go on a trip to Thailand and mm-hmm. look at. Uh, some of the problems with trafficking that were happening there. She and her traveling partner met a young woman, and they decided to make a film about um, a particular young lady. Um, her name is Kat, and she is, well, I think she's 19 now, but she was a young girl at the time and was just the absolute living profile of somebody that would be trafficked. Mm-hmm. She lived in a community where some 80% of all the kids ended up being exploited, her mother was um, a former uh, sex worker herself. Her father had died of um, over drinking. 
um, she was uh, genuinely at risk. So they made this film about her and um, uh, agreed to support her through school, um, which was uh, life-changing for that young woman, for Kat. After the film was made, they, they literally got in a van and drove across country showing the film to anybody that would watch it. You know, every Rotary Club and every church group, everybody that wanted to watch it. And when they got done, they had thousands of emails of people saying, how can I help? And they really didn't know. They didn't have a program. They were just in it to make a film. Mm -hmm. And um, out of that grew uh, the Freedom Story, which is an opportunity to impact uh, specific students in uh, northern Thailand in particular. And, um, you know, my daughter's point is that there's a lot of really good work, including the work you folks do, um, to um, help women and, and others out of this trafficking problem. And there's a lot of um, legal work and awareness building. But what about the prevention to begin with? Right. Yep. And that's where she stepped in and they said, let's create a resource center in this village where Kat lived and <laughs> still lives, I believe. And um, let's create a resource center where the students can stop by after school mm-hmm. and get help with tutoring, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they, they began building an awareness program within the community. Pretty soon they realized – Awareness program really wasn't necessary. Mm. Everybody knew what was going mm. on. Many of the parents were involved in, mm-hmm. in various exploit, exploitive industries. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids knew. Um, many of the parents were victims of it. Mm. Um, so the, it wasn't an awareness need. It was a, a systemic change within mm. the community itself. So she talks about creating vibrant communities um, that um, you know, jobs are available, education is available, opportunity is available. And that's when you start to see the real change. That's when you'll see prevention. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in that way, her work crosses over not only trafficking, but a lot of different justice issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so she has to, to look at it from a more holistic perspective. Yeah, it's funny. So as you know, you probably know, uh, we're uh, part of a collaborative called Protect, and um, uh, we have created a a curriculum Mm -hmm. that is uh, age appropriate for 5th, 7th, ninth, and 11th grade students in California. We're actually in 17 counties in the the state so far. Yay. Um, And that's a prevention education program where we uh, actually train teachers to educate their their kids, their students. And we, we love it because it's not inoculation. It's, 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 uh, you know, over time, over a seven year period, you're getting sort of a, a new level or new perspective on how you might be preyed upon and what are the tactics that will be used and how you might um, protect yourself. Protect yourself. Yeah. And, um, and, but what, what's interesting and we've all been, you know, because, uh, so we, we're in partnership with Three Strands Global and Frederick Douglass Family Initiative, and each of us has various wraparound services that we're passionate about uh, because we fully recognize that it's it, it's not, you know, there's a population in particular in urban counties mm-hmm. um, where they, they're like, yeah, human trafficking, duh. Like, yeah, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. yeah I know that. Tra- mm-hmm. I know that tactic because it's already been done on me, you know, mm-hmm. and in those places, you know, our program has been uh, designed to plug in the agencies that are local that have that 
that service, right. that workforce development, that housing, that um, tutoring, that mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm just so excited because um, uh, I was uh, I was in San Jose, as you, as you know, I work at Cisco and um, I, I started to uh, work with a, a young lady. She reached out to me. She's actually from Maryland. And she told me about um, this program called TutorMate that mm-hmm. Cisco is investing in where we basically use, you know, collaboration technology to mentor um, a elementary school student for 30 minutes a week. Right. And um, it's starting to catch on across the nation where these Ciscoers, if you will, uh, will come together in a group of 10. They'll sponsor a group of 10 elementary students and educate them for 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. the reason why I love this, and this is for the underserved, underrepresented population, the impoverished population is who qualify for this. Right. And the reason I love this is, right, we know that there's a marker that if you cannot read at third grade mm-hmm. level by the time you're in third grade, um, that is a marker for, for jail, for, for prison. It's a marker for dropout. It's a marker for human trafficking. It's a marker for a variety uh, and usually comes hand in hand with chronic absenteeism. And so right. if we can, you know, I, I often say to people, okay. You're not, you feel like you're not called to be out in the streets ministering to survivors of human trafficking. Okay, I get that. You feel like you, you, it would be too much to go into a house to deal with somebody who has high trauma. You, I get that. Um, you might feel like, okay, I can give my clothes or I can donate some toiletries. That's probably all I can do or money. But you, you got to be able to really press down. If you can read... Right. You you can go to a library. Yes. Mm-hmm. And read to yes. a group of young people. You can give of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that is that kind of what she's doing? Yeah, that is very much what, we do, what she's doing. And, and it's actually a theme within my book as well. Yeah. It's a you know, we're, we're so often told that the best way to avoid greed is to give money away. Hmm. I, that's that's only half the truth. The best way to avoid that is to know people that are really in need. Yeah. And then suddenly that fancy Mercedes car you bought yeah. doesn't become so important if you're meeting people. So mm-hmm. what Cisco's doing where they're able to go and meet with these students and teach them something to read and find out about their lives, that's transformative for you. Yeah. Because suddenly a lot of things that you valued change and yeah. you go, man, that's just not that valuable. It's not that valuable. And when yeah. you think about like, so I have these moments where I'm using technology to work from home. Mm hmm. Saving lives, <laughs> literally saving, li- like literally rescuing children yeah. with my technology. And there, I mean, this is crazy, but I have these moments where I cry hmm. because I have this phone and this laptop and this internet connection mm-hmm. that allowed me to take care of my kids yeah. and save a life. Yeah. Because it's providing the technology for me to do it. And, and in the past, I would just think about the technology in terms of consuming it, in terms of, you know, mm. this is, does it work? This mm. phone, does it work? How fancy is it? How many bells and whistles does it? You know, that's the consumer mindset. Right. But it, a, a, a grateful uh, mindset that can only be found, quite frankly, by making contact with people that need to hear from you on the other side. Right. Then you begin to see everything with a new lens. Mm. Yep. Everything you have, your jet, your sweater that provided you warmth as you went to the place you went, um, means so much more mm-hmm. than the brand that it is. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. So, so this is so awesome. I feel like that whole Holy Spirit thing coming in here. 
Um, so when we come back, I want to talk some more about your book and some um, some practical ways that people can become can embrace the junkyard wisdom. So when we come back, right. uh, we will hear more from you and also want to talk about why Pastor Ortberg called you a troublemaker. I want to find out about that. <laughs> and so we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are again are in the studio today with Roy Goble, who's doing some amazing work in the community. He's an author of a book that um, titled Junkyard Wisdom that is really, I think, challenges us, uh, challenges us to um, reflect upon our own value system uh, and uh, things that uh, we want the goals that we have and and the rationale behind it right and so just thinking a bit about that uh, well first so why did it what kind of troublemaker are you just uh, break it down like (laughs) gotta get to the gossip Uh, first (laughs) yeah um well i've been friends with uh john and nancy ortberg for uh, many years and i took a risk and asked him if he would write the foreword to the book and and John's a busy guy, and yeah. he's obviously a popular author, and his his books are fabulous. And I thought he's not going to have time for this, but mm-hmm. you never know until you ask. Right. So I asked him, and he um, he said he would, and he asked me what I wanted, and I said, well, nobody knows who I am. It'd be nice if you just said something about who I am, so that the the forward made sense, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I get I get this like a couple of months later, and I'm laugh. I open it up and I open up the document. And I laugh and I go, okay, well that's a nice way to start. And it just it calls me a troublemaker. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually a lot of fun because um, he 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 ties it into I'm a troublemaker because I'm asking you to think about. The things that we in this nation, this culture we live in, um, sometimes worship, and that's wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm asking you to think about that and confront it. And in a world of desperate need, um, how are we living? Mm. Um, are we are we letting culture define our values, or are we letting God define our values? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that's one of the themes of the book that he picked up on immediately. And yeah. uh, so he's calling me a troublemaker. He said, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. A little bit like your introduction just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was good. Yeah, I was reading a, an article that Holly Yoshi uh, wrote, um, who was the former um, uh, chief of staff at OPD, then came, went on to be the executive director of Missy. Now she's a, she's on the board, but she's a consultant um, that's going to be doing some nationwide work and uh, just uh, admire her very much. And she wrote... Uh, one sentence that jumped out to me in her recent blog was, um, we have a soul issue, hmm. you know, yeah. we, we really have a soul issue and, and we've got to do some searching as it relates to that. And, right. uh, and, you know, I know that uh, I definitely have been put on this earth to uh, annoy people and to, uh, disrupt um, you know, it's funny, actually, at Cisco, I, I was walking down the hallway the other day and I saw this sign and it said disrupt. And Cisco's all about <laughs> disrupting markets. And, right. 
And and I thought, that's why I'm here, because I'm so disruptive. But, you know, I think it's, you know, hopefully it's in a good way and uh, Mm -hmm. for the right reasons. Um, So so tell us, you know, what are some things that you would say to the listening audience about um, things that they should start to ask themselves? How how should we disrupt ourselves in this space? Yeah, but a, a major theme of the book is breaking down the walls. Mm. And sometimes the walls are literal walls. Uh, if you're wealthy, you might live in a gated community. You live behind a wall. Um, and sometimes they're more subtle and nuanced, um, choosing where you're going to go shopping, for instance, mm. the route mm-hmm. you drive home, perhaps. Mm. Um, I joke in the book that I know way too many people who are comfortable locking their doors so that they can drive through a bad neighborhood on the way to the airport so they Mm. can fly 5,000 miles to serve the poor. Mm. And the poor are just across the street Mm -hmm. uh, or at least just uh, across town. And um, you don't have to fly to Africa to do that. Uh, God Mm -hmm. bless you if you do. I'm Mm -hmm. all in favor of that. Mm -hmm. But you can do both. And um, so we need to break down the walls. Um, and, and the walls exist not only along economic lines. They uh, exist along faith lines. They exist along um, cultural lines, uh, obviously racial lines. The, it goes on and on. Yeah. And if if we can take a moment and just um, say, wait a minute, I need to go hang out with more people that are not like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would be invaluable. You know, if you're – if you're a supporter of this political party, go hang out with people that aren't. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and and if you – here I am. I'm a white male, right, mm-hmm. almost 59-year-old bald guy <laughs> ha- hanging out with two African-American women on yeah. a radio station. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that – you've got to start breaking down those kind of walls. Mm-hmm. I just showed a paper this morning on interdependence. Mm. That's what that is. Yeah. Diversity. Yes. You know, we collaborate. Yeah. We have things in common. Mm-hmm. We are diverse. Yep. You know, the way you do it and the way I do it and the way you do it may be different, but we have the same goals in mind. Right. And we can work together. Yeah. We can develop relationship and, and talk about it and have a meal together and, That's you right. know, Various things. In you know, it's so interesting. This morning, um, our pra- our intercessory uh, lead, Chantel, texted me and she said, we're going to China. <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> and she's like, the Lord just spoke a word that we're wow. going to China because their daughters suffer and and, and silence and they're not mm-hmm. being seen. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and you know. That's yeah. how I got to China the right. first time. Oh, yeah. Through do- uh, sister. Uh, no, through, what was it? Just through a word. Oh. That their daughters in China suffering in science. What? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Hmm. Praise God. So, you know, and, and, and one of the things that comes up for me constantly is, uh, and it's like a challenge to me. I love it. I love it. Um, is that uh, the people that I, like, I go for, that I'm, mm-hmm. I know I, there's something with me and them, oftentimes look like me. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I got this. Like if I see a girl who's on the track and she looks like I do or like she looks like the 14 year old or the 12 year old that I was, I just know the words to say. Right. But but won't this God, this all knowing God uh, that created us all in his image and yet we're all different. Right. Won't he give me the words to say to uh, anyone? Mm-hmm. Anyone? Right. That's exactly right. And the hands to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just have to receive that. 
We do. We just have to walk in that. We have to receive that. And sometimes we we think uh, in natural terms mm-hmm. and we limit God yeah. and what he can do. Um, you know, so a few, a few years ago, I, I was having um, a time where my my spiritual life had just gotten kind of dry. Yeah. And I thought I need to do something that sort of breaks out of the normal. Mm-hmm. And I've tried all the different um, traditions and, and tried to grow closer to God in so many different ways. And I finally ended up connecting <clears throat> with uh, the Archbishop of the Anglican Church of mm. Belize. Wow. And this man is was the youngest uh, Anglican bishop in the world when he was p- appointed. Wow. Uh, he was in his early 40s, I think. Mm. He's a good 10 years younger than I am. He's African Belizean, mm-hmm. um, and he comes from the Anglican tradition, which I come from a very mm-hmm. more conservative Protestant uh, tradition. And he is so different from me in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And he's my spiritual mentor. Mm. I mean, he kicks me across the room. <laughs> I mean, I get text messages from him and I go, oh, man, I feel guilty now. He, he works me over and I love it. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we have this deep spiritual bond and relationship because of it. Yeah. But it took, it took that step. Mm. It took me to take that step and to have the courage to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, well, thank you, Lord, for that. I mean, just for putting, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? His name is Bishop Wright. Thank you for putting Bishop Wright in Roy's life and bless him, God, as you Amen. as you order both of their footsteps. And I, I understand that the way you two met is through your pastor, Pastor Ron. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So is he a troublemaker, too? um, He's become more of a troublemaker. Oh, I I bet there was something you had to do with that. Yeah, probably. And you would know you were roommates in college. We were roommates in college. That's right. Yeah. And and I tried to uh, blow him up by accident. Oh, that's right. That story. Yeah. Mm, Wow. uh, Science? uh, No, he was in the room next to mine. We were sweet mates. Do you want me to tell this story? You're laughing over here. So uh, so uh, we decided they went to bed early. The other two guys in our two-bedroom apartment went to bed early. And we just got bored with it. I mean, you're college students. You're supposed to hang up late, right? <laughs> and so uh, we took a pack of firecrackers, a whole pack. And um, I held the, the firecracker. My friend held the match. He lit them. We opened the door and threw them into the room. Unknowingly, his bed was right up against the um, Formica top like oh my desk God. and he had an absolutely perfectly clean desk. I mean, what college student has a clean desk? Right. That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> this thing slid across his desk and landed on his pillow while he was sleeping wow. and those firecrackers went off and we just about destroyed his hearing and <gasps> he he was so angry with me. I mean, he wow. was ready to kill me. Wow. And Which thinking, I can't imagine. No, no. And thinking back, he kind of had a right to be yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Well, so. Now he's going to get on my case for allowing you to tell me. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. Well, it's okay. He can't hear anymore, so that's all right. <laughs> oh, he won't be listening to the show. <laughs> hey, uh, Pastor Ron, we repent on behalf of Roy. Yeah. Please don't kill him. Okay. We'll be right back, and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. Oh, and by the way, if you are interested in a copy of this book, this wonderful book, uh, Junkyard Wisdom, uh, give us a call, 844-249-2698, or jump on our Facebook page, um, Ask Abolition radio and like the page and uh, we will send you a book. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. 
Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are so grateful to you, Roy, for joining us today and uh, challenging us yes. uh, to uh, break down the walls, get out of our walls, right? Yeah. yeah. And well, thank you for having me here. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... And we look forward to hearing about all the trouble that you will create for so many others. Um, just keep on keep on doing that. That's a good thing. Uh, that's a good kind of trouble. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. we got the example of the trouble with him and Pastor Ron. Yeah. yeah. That's a different kind, that's, huh? That's what Pastor Ortberg was talking about. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. So we've got a lot going on. Vanita, maybe take us through. All right. Well, next Saturday, come on out. If you're interested in a street outreach, we will be having street outreach San Jose this month. Uh, contact streets at loveneverfailsus.com and let Angie know um, your intentions. And um, she will let you know where to meet, where we will be assembling ourselves. And on January 20th, uh, Vanessa will be speaking at Venture Christian Church in Los Gatos, um, 830 to 1130 on the 20th. So come on out and hear what she has to say. And also, Freedom Saturday will take place at Market Street Church in Oakland on January 27th from 11 to 5. That's going to be a really special day. So come on out and and enjoy there. And if by chance you are interested or know someone who may be interested in Love Never Fails IT Academy that will be starting up in January, contact Vanessa at Vanessa at com and come on out. Double portion. It's the holiday season. If you want to get, you know, your little last minute gifts, come on out to Double Portion, which is our community store for that supports our workforce development and housing of our survivors at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. We'd love to see you. Yes, we'd love to see you. They've got it all decorated really Aww. nice and cute. We had a Christmas. Oh, I think what you were referring to earlier is we had a volunteer uh, decorate the store type of party. And we had some cookies and uh, Heidi, who's our volunteer coordinator, made, brought in some muffins. And it was a cute little day. So it's all decorated now. Aww. And uh, that was super nice. Um, uh, we do want to encourage you. You could start out your Christmas uh, gift yes. to yourself even uh, by... Uh, Going ahead and giving us a call at 844-249-2698, uh, and, and we will send you a copy of Roy's book, Junkyard Wisdom, uh, or you can get on our Facebook page, which is Abolition Radio, and like our page. Uh, I also want to encourage you, uh, as you, you know, we're getting ready to be end of year, and if you are in need of a tax write-off, tax <laughs> exemption, don't forget about us. Um, we are um, just so grateful for all the support that you've given us this year, and financially Financially and also in your prayers. And we uh, certainly ask you to continue partnering with us uh, as we take on more and more, as you mm-hmm. know, with the IT Academy, uh, which we're doing in partnership with Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center and the Hope Center in Hayward. Uh, we are um, we are seeing some major excitement about this. Uh, we're actually um, uh, just we think it's going to really blow up being talking to folks about coming into Juvenile Hall and mm-hmm. uh, expanding to other counties 
counties, and and we need your support as we take on these new endeavors. So please do uh, give if you can, and you can do that on our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate. Of course, uh, we want to end our show by just uh, saying that we love you and uh, appreciating all the things that you do, but also those that haven't heard it, making sure that they know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.